yeah, I found out last night I lost my grandfather, um, just shy of his 95th birthday. Um, this is actually the first grandparent I've lost. Um, it's quite unusual. I'm quite blessed to be the age I will not disclose, but still have four grandparents, uh, now three. Um, I remember Sarah Bender once um, quoting Psalm 16, that says, I have a godly heritage. Um, I have a really godly heritage. Uh, I can remember being seven, eight, nine, going up to my grandparents' cottage um, on a lake in Northern Ontario. And uh, part of spending the week there with them would mean doing devotions together in the morning. And um, their, their devotions were the daily bread. <laughs> um, and after we, we read the daily bread together out loud, um, we would pray the Lord's Prayer um, in the King James Version. <laughs> and um, I have a godly heritage. I, I had people sowing into me uh, from early on. We're going to talk about sowing later on in the message. Um, I don't stand here, you know, as a pastor, as a, a Christ follower alone, as though I, I somehow constructed my life by myself. And here's my resume of my achievements. Um, I have a godly heritage of people who have walked alongside me for a very long time and prayed for me and with me for a very long time. We have a godly heritage. Would you go with me to Galatians chapter six? We're going to finish up our series on Galatians today. We're going to get to sowing and reaping in a little bit. There's something we have to deal with first. Galatians chapter six, beginning at verse one. We've been talking in Galatians about learning to follow the Spirit, learning to hear the voice of God in order that we might better follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And as He puts His Spirit in us and we develop sensitivity to the leadings of His Spirit, to the voice of His Spirit, what should be produced is the fruit of the Spirit. That's one of the ways that we test whether or not we are hearing the voice of God is, is what I'm hearing going to bear the fruit of the Spirit? But if we become people who are filled with the Spirit and follow the footsteps of Jesus through the empowering of the Spirit, it should be leading us into a life where we engage one another in a way that Jesus did. And that's why Paul ends where he does here. So look at chapter six, verse one, brothers and sisters, even now your translation might not say even it is in the Greek, even if a person is caught in wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, you who have the spirit 
should restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourselves, um, not so that, uh, so that you are not tempted as well. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Stop there. Even if someone is caught in the middle of the sin they are currently practicing, you walk into the room and you discover that someone has been, has been stealing from your purse, has been cheating on you. You walk into the room and you, you catch someone red-handed. The goal is not justice. The goal is restoration. So let's, for example, Kevin, I hope I don't offend you with this, but let, Kevin's our moderator. Kevin's the, if I, if I use myself, it's going to seem self-serving. So that's why I'm picking someone else. But so Kevin's the, one of the main leaders in our church here. He, he heads up the, the Council of Spiritual Leaders, the Council of Elders. And even if Kevin were caught stealing money from the church and having an affair on Sarah, which I know none of these things would ever happen, but even if that were the case, when that was discovered, our goal as a church would not be that we get the money back and punish him. The goal as a church would be complete restoration to the point where Kevin could once again be elected to be moderator in this church again. That's the goal. Do we approach people with that kind of engagement, with that kind of mindset that my goal is Jesus' goal, which is always complete and holistic restoration? I ask that question because I, have, I am currently watching a church explode because they are not following the biblical mandate to restore people. And if you don't get, go God's way, you don't get God's blessing, right? He, he lays that out in scripture. And there's a process that you have to go through. Of course, there needs to be repentance and, and so on and so on. All of that, but that's all part of scripture. But the goal should always be that we see this person restored in every possible way from the, the, from the marriage to the relationship to the church, to the, the service in the church, that their, that their life with God be such that we could once again say this person fell, God is merciful and should he carry this person along in such a way that there is complete restoration with God, there should then be complete restoration with people as well. Is that going to be our goal? Are we going to be a people of grace? Are we going to be a people not only of grace, but of the mindset of Christ so that we always are aiming that people be completely restored in every way? That was Jesus' goal. Do we have that? It's all about new creation. We see this in the cross, right? That God redeems even the, 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 the God redeems everything about the cross. Right? We see an empty tomb. We see Jesus, the, we see the scars on Jesus' hands and they illustrate that God re redeems the completely broken. He rescues the situation. 
and he pours out that blessing to others. Are we going to be a people who have that new creation mindset where it, the goal is complete restoration? Because that's God's goal for you. It's God's goal for me. How did the person get to that point? This person here in this passage that was caught in a wrongdoing. You know, people don't typically just stumble into an affair, right? People don't just typically start stealing from the safe, right? There, there's a whole series of choices and events and thoughts. You know, what's that, that, that phrase? We've quoted it before. Um, sow, a, sow a thought, reap a, do you know this one? Sow a thought, reap a habit. Sow a habit reap an action, or sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a lifestyle, sow a lifestyle, reap a destiny. It's the idea that you plant something, but it bears fruit over time, especially as you continue planting it. If Paul's saying to these people, there's, there's someone here who's been sowing in the wrong way and they need to be restored. So we need to talk about sowing. Look at verse seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, when he says flesh, what he means is essentially selfish desires, your own self, especially your selfish sinful nature. If you, if you, if you continue to invest in a, a selfish, sinful nature, you will reap destruction from that nature. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. God is not mocked. God is not mocked. What that means is, although it may seem like people are getting away with something, they are not, right? Although it may seem like God overlooks the, the, the ways that we have invested in ourselves over and against God, he, he is not mocked, that, that he has not lost sight of those things. But Paul then makes a, a different point as well. He, he says, but those who sow to the spirit are gonna reap eternal life. This is not karma. We've talked about karma here before, but I like to bring that up somewhat regularly because it's such a thing in our, our culture, the law of attraction and so on, that you, know, you get you, what you put in. Um, you put in good things, you get, the universe sends you good things. Uh, you put in bad things, the universe sends you bad things. Um, this is not karma. It's not karma because it's disproportionate for one thing right? You put in a little bit with Jesus and what you get is a harvest. Um, you, you put your trust in Jesus, you get eternal life. That's disproportionate. Karma is you put it, you, what you get, what you put in. This is not karma. But it is God's justice. And, and he will make sure that justice comes out in the end. He, he's always slanted towards mercy. Uh, but the Psalms say, right, the Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. And somehow he finds a way to, to portion out both kindness and justice, but it takes time, right? It's not always instant. And that's part of the metaphor of sowing. 
You put seed in the ground and it takes time to, the plant takes time to grow, but it takes even more time before there's something to harvest. These things take time. Um, So what is sowing to the flesh, sowing to the self? Like, what are examples of that? Um, How about social media? How about Instagram? How about the the various um, ways that we present ourselves online? where we sort of craft an image, right? I, I show this side of myself and not this side. Uh, public speakers have that, by the way, as well. I'm not on Instagram, but I have my own issues with this as well, right? I present a certain thing, but you don't necessarily see the other parts of me, right? Because I'm very thoughtful about what it is that I present and I don't present, right? This is sort of the temptation that we have. The social media um, has, has this um, deeply ingrained within it. Uh, so whether it's Instagram or Facebook or something else, we, we start to manage what people think of us. That the, whole, the whole point is to invest in sort of our own, our own status, our own presentation, our own... Um, we want people to think a certain way about us and, and neglect the other parts. That's is sowing to ourselves. Or, there, there are simple things too. You know, taking the last piece of pie, right? This is one of the things we're working on right now with our kids is, you know, there's a certain amount left here. Have you thought about the other people around the table first before we simply reach and grab, right? It, so it, it, it's at every level, right? Um, sometimes, sometimes focusing on ourselves actually comes out in terms of observable behavior as focusing on other people but it is still for yourself. So it's not automatically the action. It's the motivation behind it. Some people are deeply, deeply serving that are, are truly, the actions truly look other-centered, but the whole purpose is actually because I want to have my way or because there's a deep insecurity that's going on as well. And I'm trying to meet my own insecurity by um, dealing with other people instead. So it, again, it's about the motivations. Are, are we doing this for the sake of someone else? That would be sowing to the spirit. Or are we actually doing it for ourselves? It's again, that question of, Lord, what, why am I doing what I am doing? Not simply judging the behavior by itself. What is sowing to the spirit? Well, it's the opposite, right? It's anything that is for the sake of God. Um, remember we said a moment ago that um, nothing's lost on God. Nothing's lost on God. Um, what, and you might have heard that as a threat, but actually where Paul goes in this is we, when we sow to the Spirit, we reap eternal life. So let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time, we will reap if we, don't, if we don't give up. What he focuses on is not so much the bad behavior as you have an opportunity right now to, to put so, uh, a deposit in for, with God that's going to um, amount to far more than you have put in. That's what harvest is. So you might think that in the moment, as you sit down on Monday morning and open your Bible, 
and say, I wanna spend a little bit of time with God, you may close your Bible at the end and feel like, man, I don't feel like I got something out of that. Be honest. How many of you have had that experience? I don't feel like I, thank you. <laughs> Two honest people in here. You're gonna, sow, you're gonna reap what you sow, people. Um, no, there are, there are just times where we don't necessarily feel like I got out of that what I was hoping for. But it's not immediate. And what you did was plant a seed. And so you plant that seed on another seed on Tuesday morning. And you plant another seed on Wednesday morning. And you plant two seeds on Thursday because we have prayer meeting Thursday night. You plant some more seeds. And over time, there are more and more and more in the ground. And then over time, things start to sprout as you're continuing to put more in. And that goes whether it's scripture, whether it's prayer, whether it's worship services, it's any time that you begin, any time you take the focus off of yourself and you put it on God, any time that you sit down to listen. I know that some of you have, we've been talking about listening to the voice of God and some of you are coming up to me and going, I'm starting to get it. That's fantastic. And you know what? You know what happened for those people as happened for, has happened for all of us? It takes time to learn to recognize. So sometimes you've sat for 20 minutes a day for four weeks in a row and you barely recognize anything, but then suddenly there's something that clicks. And then there's something that clicks two weeks later. And then it's every week. And then it's every time you sit down with God, but it takes time. But you've been planting seeds, one seed a day, two seeds a day, you've been scattering them and then slowly things grow slowly things build. And suddenly before you know it, you're looking back going, I have more than I can actually, um, I, 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 than I realized was possible. That, that's the way that God works. That, that sometimes it just takes time before you see the results of, of your faithfulness. And, and Paul recognizes that. So some of you right now are in the middle of time with God where you're like, I'm not seeing the results that I want. I'm not getting that, the answer to the prayer I've been praying for 10 years. You're still sowing seeds and you will reap a harvest, Paul says, if you do not give up. So don't give up. And, as, and may this then be a motivation for you. The next time that you're like, I'm not so sure if I should open my Bible. I'm not so sure if it's worth it. I'm not sure if I should come to church, if I should log on online. I'm not sure, you know what, maybe I'll just sleep in or mow the lawn or something like that. And you come and then you leave and you're like, I'm not sure. Did, maybe I should have just mowed the lawn. But you planted a seed and God is not mocked. And whatever you reap, so you will reap. And what, one of the main points of this passage is that we reap far beyond what we have sowed. You reap far beyond what you have sowed. You sow to the spirit and what you get is eternal life. It's disproportionate. May that be an encouragement to you this week.
you seen this? Over the years, it has made its way around this building. For those of you who haven't seen this, don't recognize it, obviously can't read it. These are the charter members of Unity Baptist Church from 1987. So for those of you who don't know the story, just put this here for a moment. For those of you who don't know the story, um, Unity Baptist Church got its name because there were two different churches, right? There was a Sunrise Baptist and there was a Community Baptist. And one church had a pastor and one church had a building and the denomination encouraged them to, to wed in a sense. And that's why the name became Unity. And so the, the charter um, was opened in 1987, so 35 years ago. Right? Some of the things that we are seeing happen here at Unity right now, whether it's people hearing the voice of God or people getting healed or the baptisms we saw the other week are because people have been sowing prayers and sowing faithfulness and asking God to move and putting in simply time welcoming people week after week and making sure the sound happens and stuff like that week after week after week, year after year. And some of what we are experiencing now is the result of, of a sowing that happened 35 years ago. It's not because you elected a new senior pastor. It's not because as my son stood up here and said, God hijacked me in my bed. And you know, there are just, there are, there are things that we could very easily say, oh, this is happening because they have a prayer meeting going. This is happening because Ben had a change. This is happening because the leadership is now doing this. I don't want to put an answer to this is happening because. I think that that would take far much more credit for myself and others than I either we deserve or that we're even aware of because there, there are just more factors that are involved in what's happening here at Unity as people are coming alive than simply can be answered by Ben did or the council is now doing. It goes a lot further back. And some of these people are actually still with us, by the way. Um, Haynes are here today. Duffins, Redicops, um, and more. I'm not going to name all of them, but um, some people have been faithful for a really long time. And what we are seeing here is in part the result of people's ongoing faithfulness and ongoing prayers. So may we honor them and may we sow into the spirit in such a way that there is more harvest down the road if we do not give up. Would you close your eyes? I want you to spend a minute asking the Lord two questions. Lord, show me where I am, where I am reaping from having sowed to the flesh, to myself, and show me where I am reaping because I have sowed to the Spirit. Take a minute or two to listen, and then we're going to come back.
Marcus said, um, as I mentioned, before he was baptized, God hijacked me in my bed. Which is true. He did. Audible voice of God. But it's also true that that happened because my grandpa read me the daily bread when I was Marcus's age. Sowing and reaping happen, happening over generations. Right? Did you take your communion elements, please? This can be a ritual, completely empty. Or it could be a sowing moment for you. That is going to depend entirely on how you receive these elements. Verse 14 of Galatians 6 says, Paul says, far be it from me to boast, to take credit for any of the good things God has done. Far be it from me to boast in anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This is a moment of new creation, friends. It's an opportunity for you to say, I die to the world and I sow to the spirit in this moment. That it is not, my life is not going to be about me because Christ's life was not about him. I'm going to take this moment and say, Lord, I rededicate myself once again to sowing to the spirit at every possible opportunity and at every moment that you show me in order that I might become more like Christ and bless others and sow into their lives as well. Would you take these elements in remembrance of him? Lord, thank you for your example. Thank you that you are the one who sought to restore even when someone was caught in sin. You who are spiritual should restore such a person because that's what you did. You caught Peter in the middle of sin, denying you, and you make eye contact with him. And the next time that you see him, you restore him. That's me, Lord. You restored me. Would you make us a people who follow in the footsteps of Christ, making every effort to see people restored fully, in their life with you and their life with others. Would you make that part of the sowing and the reaping that we participate in as a people who follow the example of Jesus because he is our Lord. 
Would you make us people, Lord, who, who seek to sow to the spirit, to plant seeds for you and look forward to a harvest? I thank you so much for the work that you are doing here now. I thank you for lives that are being renewed and restored. I thank you for the baptisms we've seen. I thank you for the healings we've seen. I thank you for the ways that you have made yourself more personal and alive and real than we had ever thought possible. May it continue, Lord. May you show us how to sow sow to the spirit and not boast at all in anything we have done. It is all to your credit. It is to your glory. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Thank you for the work of your cross. Jesus name, amen. Um, just one announcement before we uh, give the benediction. Um, I am going to Ontario for a couple of weeks. Um, we had vacation planned, and so uh, this isn't necessarily for a funeral, though that will be involved, I assume. Um, but my family's already there. I'm leaving in just a couple of days. And so uh, Jeff Gowdy is going to be speaking for the next couple of weeks here at Unity, and I will see you uh, later on in July. Um, may the start of your summer be blessed in every way. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Um, Go in peace, friends. Blessings to those online. Thanks for being here. 